Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. Have you been slipping and sliding on the ice over the last few days? Climate scientists say that the climate crisis means Minnesota winters are getting icier. And that means that more of us are struggling not to slip and fall more frequently. Average winter temperatures have risen more than five degrees since the 1970s. And that means the snow on the ground is more likely to melt and refreeze as temperatures inch above and then drop below the freezing point. It affects everything from snow cover and lake ice to the maple syrup season. It affects which insects survive until spring and how much ice forms on our roads and sidewalks. So this hour, I want to talk about how we can adapt to icier conditions. Are there ways to prevent falls and those broken bones as we face a warmer and icier future? And we're taking your phone calls. I want to hear from you. If you've lived in Minnesota for most of your life, do recent winters seem more icy to you? What specifically have you noticed? If you're falling on the ice, tell us about it. And how are you now changing your habits to cope with icy roads and sidewalks? Do you have some ideas for foot gear, better ways to clear sidewalks or tips on how to fall? Let's talk about it. The phone lines are open. Call us at 651-227-6000. Again, the number is 651-227-6000. Or you can call us at 800-242-2828. I have two guests with me in the studio uh, today making a return appearances. We have Matt Nuger here. Matt is a visiting assistant professor of kinesiology at St. Olaf College in Northfield. He's also a practicing physical therapist at TRIA Physical Therapy here in the Twin Cities. And he is board certified in both sports and orthopedic physical therapy. Welcome back to the show, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Hi. Teddy Potter is here with us. Teddy is a clinical professor and director of planetary health in the University of Minnesota School of Nursing, as well as a leader in the climate change and health curriculum. Teddy, good to see you again. So glad you both nice could come to be in. back. Thank you for inviting me. Hi, and Teddy, we actually got the idea for this uh, this talk show, this conversation this past summer after talking with you about extreme heat. Uh, we did a show about extreme heat, and we talked a few minutes after that show about how climate change, the warming, um, is not only changing summer in Minnesota, warming temperatures are changing our winter. Uh, tell us more about how Minnesota winters are changing. How do you describe it to people? Sure. <clears throat> well, it's real tempting to look at what's happening today and say, oh, this is climate change. Anything that's happening today or this week is weather, but what happens over time is climate. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we are seeing some El Nino effects right now, which is uh, – lower snow amounts and uh, warmer temperatures. But um, over time, we are seeing warming winters on an average of uh, 4.9 degrees uh, warmer than it has been. And much of that is happening at night with our night temperatures being warmer. Mm -hmm. And so we are seeing these patterns of thawing and freezing, like you said. We do are having get more episodes of heavy snows, uh, more than four inches, not maybe this year in an El Nino year, but we're seeing more. And um, But our winter rain is increasing. So that's what I want people to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the forecast. We have rain in the forecast, I believe, on Friday night. 
That's exactly right. And so it rains and freezes and thaws and rains and freezes and thaws. And we have to be very, very vigilant about what's happening in our environment because mm-hmm. falls are a huge risk. So that's what's leading to more ice exactly. more frequently. Right? Exactly. Uh, I know I, I just I don't I don't walk the same anymore. I mean, I don't leave the house in in, in a in the kind of maybe the same carefree way that I used to before I suffered a fall and broke my arm and elbow. I mean, once you have a fall, it it really changes how you view it. That's what we want people to be like you is attentive, just very aware. Matt, are are you noticing more ice? Uh, We're certainly seeing more ice and and this time uh, of the year, especially our orthopedic urgent cares are are certainly busier with slips and trips uh, related injuries. Uh, for, for those things, from anything from uh, wrist and, and hand injuries in the in the fall to, to back pain uh, from from the falls as well, as fractures uh, to the shoulder and, and hip as well. So those are the things that can happen to you once you suffer a fall. Certainly. Um, and, you know, it, the recovery, it can take months or, like in my case, like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, falls falls happen very quickly. Uh, the recovery does not. Um, and so that's where where prevention is, is so important. And, and again, with some of those uh, more traumatic uh, type injuries, that, that's a really protracted, really long recovery um, that, that someone has to deal with. And, and again, there's the physical toll as well as the mental toll of, of how that changes you going forward. Mm-hmm. And then so people, once you've experienced a fall, uh, do you find too that that changes their habits and behavior? Um, certainly, like like you said, I mean, it, it it weighs on you. And sometimes that can be positive from safety going forward. But mm-hmm. but um, a lot of times it can be the opposite as well, where um, I don't want to go for my daily walk because I'm, I might have a, a slip or, or, or a trip on the ice or, or something like that. Um, and then we, we see decreased physical activity levels, which has you know harmful effects uh, in the future as well. That's sad. People give up things that used to bring them joy because of the injuries they suffered from a fall. For sure. It, it changes them. And, and um, some, some things are, are scared uh, for re-injury and some things are, I don't move the way I, I used to. And so, it, so it's less fun. And so, um, yeah, neither of those are, are positive. So, Teddy, I understand that you fell on the ice yourself. What, what happened did. to you? I was not paying attention. You'll hear me say that theme through this radio show. I, my mind was going a million different ways. I was traveling the next day. I was walking the dog. And I, was, I didn't have smart shoes on. And I just went down very, very quickly and landed on my shoulder. And like you said, it takes a long time. And I think we sometimes can dismiss falls and think, oh, it's just a fall. But every year, a million people in the United States fall on the ice and injure themselves, and 17,000 of those people die. So we have to take this seriously and be careful and understand how to be respectful of the ice. Mm. And it's, it's, a, it's a serious health issue, uh, particularly as we age. And so, Meg, what can you tell me about uh, aging and balance and why older people, whatever your definition of older may be, uh, are more likely to fall? Yeah, there, there's a few things that that go uh, go into that as we age. Uh, one one of the main things is just physical activity level. Um, there, there's something called uh, one rep uh, one repetition maximal living, where uh, as as we get older, uh, simple things are harder. Uh, and so, if getting out of the chair is really hard for you to do, um, and and really close to your maximal effort. That means when when something else happens, you slip and try to catch yourself. You're less likely to be able to, um, and and so with that decreased strength, uh, now 
we have that decreased ability to, to catch ourselves. And, and so, um, you know, that, that strength is a big part of that. There, there are also other components to aging though, sensation changes. And, and so if, if you don't have as, as good a awareness or sensation in your feet, uh, or, or legs, uh, for, for that matter, um, you're less likely to have, have good balance. But, but again, the strength is a huge thing because that's something that we can, uh, you know, we can somewhat control. We can, we can do some, some exercise or physical activity and maintain those levels. Um, and, and really that's protective for us as we go forward. And falls are more serious for older people because it can be the beginning of like then a series of health events. Certainly. Um, just, just like Teddy said, I mean, a lot of those, um, th- there's increased uh, mortality rates uh, after, um, after a fall, just, just because of the, the downstream effects of those, whether it's physical activity or, or already decreased health to begin with. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge, uh, huge problem and prevention is, is really key for that. And Teddy, I see you you nodding about that. It, it can be the beginning of just of, of more bad things that happen. Absolutely, um, and it, that lack of ability to proprioceptor understand your balance in space is really key. Going up and down stairs or carrying things. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take some phone calls from listeners. Uh, uh, our phone lines are already starting uh, to uh, get full here. Uh, we're talking about snow and ice and climate change, the icier conditions that we're seeing here in Minnesota than we have in the past because of a more frequent pattern of thawing and refreezing. What can we do to prevent falls and injuries? And I want to know uh, if you've lived in Minnesota for most of your life, uh, do recent winters seem more icy to do, to you? Uh, if you're falling on the ice, tell us about it and and, and how are you changing your habits to cope with icy sidewalks and roads? Call us at 651-227-6000. Again, 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Uh, let's go to Andover, Minnesota and talk to Monica, who's on the phone. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for joining the conversation. Yeah, sure. What happened with you? Well, uh, first of all, I'm not particularly new uh, to the cold and ice. I lived in Buffalo, New York for a long time, Mm -hmm. so I'm used to that type of weather. But uh, about three years ago, I had a serious car accident, and so it affected my back. And I am very apprehensive of stepping on ice and snow, and I've been that, you know, way ever since. Mm -hmm. More apprehensive than usual. And so... um, I have found the use of uh, metal crampons, you know, those spikes that you can strap on the soles of your boots, mm-hmm. or even chains that you strap on the soles of your boots, really, really, really helpful. And I was thinking about this, um, not only do they reduce the likelihood of me slipping and falling on the ice, which would really do me in, I'm 66, so, but it's also had a psychological effect uh, on me, I must say. You know, I'm, um, I live by myself, so I have to be aware that I need to get out of the house. I have two dogs, so I walk them all the time, mm-hmm. so they get me outside. But, you know, it's boosted my confidence about stepping on ice and snow. And um, I think it has helped prevent um, being stuck in the house and, you know, the isolation that that can bring. Right. Um, you have confidence, be- right, that you, and you don't feel like you're trapped in your home. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, going grocery shopping and all mm -hmm. these things, I'm not so reluctant to to do that. 
All right. Thank you, Monica and Andover. And uh, this is a, you know, something that's very popular. A lot of people um, add things to their shoes, a different type of of foot gear that is available uh, now. And Matt, do you see that widely used? Absolutely. Uh, and, and like Monica uh, said, that, that's a, a real good uh, tool uh, to, to really gain confidence and, and get out and be active. And so, uh, you know, the, some brand names, Yak Tracks is a, is a big mm-hmm. one that people clip onto their shoes. Uh, uh, Ice Bug is, is another brand of mm-hmm. shoe that has kind of some extra traction. Um, Great so holiday I, gift ideas <laughs> for the whole family. There you go, last family. minute shopping. <laughs> Um, so, so those are huge to, to improve confidence. And, and again, keep being active, which is fantastic. All right. And I want to get back to dog walking that she mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy, what do you hear about foot gear or what have you found with just adding, you know, some type of like spikes basically to the bottom of whatever you're wearing? I am a big advocate of spikes. Right. <laughs> I think it's so important um, and different different kinds for different types of weather. Um, I think just a really good tread boot is fine for most snow events and most um, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, events where there's not a lot of ice. But with ice, you need something um, that it has the gripping power, either the coils or the spikes. And um, that does get you out. And that is invaluable to be out during the wintertime. Right. There's a mental health impact. When Absolutely. You, you An like- exposure to light. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our winter seasons are so dark. So if you are able to get out during the daytime and enjoy that sunlight, get out. Because I imagine there probably are some family members who tell you know, loved ones, like, it, it snowed, it's like, don't go out. Well, that's like the next six months. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not a reasonable expectation to expect someone simply not to try to go outside. No, and these new boots are very, very reliable. I, right. I, I'm i just amazed how, at how um, well they work. Okay, uh, and uh, let's take another phone call, but I do want to talk about dog walking. Uh, in Minneapolis, uh, Kara is on the line. Good morning, Kara. Good morning. Hi, what did you want to tell us about walking out Hi. on the ice? Well, I don't know that it's a new story from what people have been sharing, but I do. I'm in my 50s. I have two not-so-well-trained dogs who I walk twice a day, 365. Mm-hmm. And I just, it gives me so much confidence to have ice bugs on. I've tried them all. Those are fantastic. I'm a walking infomercial. And I just, I feel like a healthier person being outside every single day, a couple times a day, even when it's crazy cold. So, I highly recommend ice bugs, especially for those people who want to get outside and enjoy the, the winter weather. Bundle and, up. And Kara, do you do you remember how much they cost? Do you know roughly what the price range? Do you think they are kind of expensive? I um, I would say they're probably like two hundred dollars, but I'm not on the oh, wow. sure. I uh, must have some I really cheap that, things. I thought they were less. Mine is yeah. maybe off brand. What I have. <laughs> I don't know. I might be wrong, but I think, I guess the way I looked at it is I literally wore them every single day. And the idea of staying healthy and not breaking a bone, I mean, it sounds like I don't like to sound like I'm older than I am, but it would totally change my life. And I want to stay active. If you couldn't get outside and walk year round, that would be problematic. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kara. Um, Let's talk about the dog walkers. What advice do you give (laughs) dog walkers, uh, uh, Teddy? 
I would love to say that I have a well-behaved dog, but I do have one of those bouncing dogs like Kara has. And so, um, again, my answer is be attentive. Be uh, scoping your environment, looking out what's ahead. Is there ice that's coming? Do I need to really rein the dog in very close by? Can I walk off trail so I'm not on the icy sidewalks and I'm walking on the grass area where there's a little bit more gripping um, Mm -hmm. power? Um, And, again, just being aware of, oh, there's a lot of squirrels up ahead. I'm going to slow it down and then get past this icy place because I know the dog is going to pull and uh, just being attentive. Mm-hmm. And then, and Matt, too, what advice do you give or people who may, that you've worked with in physical therapy who've had a fall, they're now, now, now what? How do I get back to yeah. this? The dog walking is a double-edged sword, right? Because it, it does get people out and gets people active, which is fantastic. But uh, I'm, I'm in that, that category with an, with an unruly dog as well. Um, and, and so uh, a couple of things to, to be mindful of are watching the leash for sure. Uh, if you have a long leash, it's easy to, mm. to uh, get that get that dog to have a little bit of an extra run uh, going into that. And then they'll get some momentum and, and that gives you, you know, that, that's easier to get knocked over that way. Uh, or if they're off the ice pulling you and you're you're on the ice, again, really easy to go down. So keeping them on a little bit of a shorter leash in the winter. Um, there are also some devices for the dogs as far as uh, different harness and, and different things to give you a little bit better control. I, I use a, a front-facing harness for, for my dog who, who is a little bit more unruly and, and that, that really um, stops him from, from pulling and, and things uh, that way. So, so uh, there, there are some devices that way. Um, and then uh, with uh, the prior prior call, uh, Kara, I, I, I do uh, encourage people to wear good footwear and, and uh, ice bugs uh, can be expensive where, where that's the full shoe. Um, there are certainly some cheaper options there as well. Um, and and like, like I said, Yak Tracks is, is the brand name, but there are some off. That you attach uh, to whatever that shoe. That you attach to your shoe. And so that's yeah. going to be much cheaper, 15 yes. to, to $30. Okay. And so, I think uh, that's what I have. That much much more reasonable. That one still, <laughs> yeah. still does still does a very, very good job with that. Right. Um so, so those are, are some good options. We're talking about icy uh, weather here in Minnesota. Before, you know, we get too deep into winter, because I, I really do want to spend some time talking about preventing the falls and just having that awareness, because it can it can be life changing as you recover from a fall and the injuries. Two great guests in the studio taking your phone calls, 651-227-6000, or call us at 800-242-2828. Uh, let's go to Egan and talk to, is it Marsha or Marcia. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. I wish to help people avoid falls, too. A few years ago, I developed a technique that has worked great for me, as long as I don't really care uh, how I look. What I do is uh, drop um, the center of gravity uh, by by uh, bending my knees slightly, uh, putting my feet a little farther apart than I would normally walk, and I kind of waddle to 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 uh, just be stable. Also, I hold my arms uh, near my waist uh, horizontally so that if I were to fall, I would present my forearm to the ground or the ice rather than a a fragile elbow or wrist or hand or finger. Um, And I'm just mindful of it all the time. Uh, So I call it the Inuit bear uh, linebacker (laughs) way of walking. It sounds it like really a sight. It me. sounds like a spectacle watching you walk. <clears throat> well, I kind of keep it down to a dull roar. I'm not <laughs> waddling horribly ostentatiously, but just, uh, you know, think, well, I mean, I, I kind of channel bears, basically. 
<laughs> right. And and so have you fallen before? And, and so because of that, this is why you're like, you're very aware and you're very careful. I haven't fallen badly myself, but I was in Robbinsdale a few winters ago and the sidewalks hadn't been uh, shoveled or, or swept in any way. And the ice had frozen into a very rough pattern. Mm-hmm. So I was really challenged to negotiate it. And so that's when I came up with that uh, idea, but uh, I've employed it ever since when I ever feel unsafe. I just, mm-hmm. the dropping of the center of gravity, I, I find really central to the whole okay. approach. And you call it, what do you call it again? Your your bear walk? I call it the Inuit Bear Linebacker Walk. Okay, all right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Marcia, calling in from Egan. Teddy, uh, there are ways to fall. This is a great introduction to a very important part of this conversation. How do we fall? Well, I just am smiling at Marcia's conversation, um, and I will get at how you fall. But I I just want to say that people down in the ice zone, Indiana, uh, Missouri, uh, that area, know how to walk on ice a lot better than we do. And they call it walking like a penguin. Mm -hmm. So um, everything Mm -hmm. she described is exactly what you need to do, which is lower your center of gravity, Put your feet turned out outwards. Make sure your hands aren't in your pockets. They're out so you can catch yourself and balance yourself. Say that again. <laughs> Don't put your hands in your pockets. That's Why? right. That's right. Because if you start to fall, you cannot catch yourself fast enough. And you do much more damage and injury um, because you fall in places that are not appropriate. Plus, you can't put your arms out to sort of balance, balance correct yourself. It, right. Correct it. Exactly. Right. Um, but what do you do when you fall? Well, it's kind of like drop and roll. Uh, you know, try not to um, have fragile parts of you hit. hit. Um, uh, if you can try to not face plant so you don't damage your teeth or your nose, um, that's an important piece. Try to catch it with a, a part of your body that's a little stronger. Um, I, you probably, Matt, have a, a lot more suggestions. Oh, yeah. About, We're going to go to yeah. Matt, too. About, like, I, mm-hmm. There are ways can, that people can fall more safely, but it, it, it sure. happens so fast. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm like, I like my friend had posed a question to me, do you want um, uh, sandwiches or do you want Vietnamese food for lunch? And I was like, which do I? Boom. Right? Yes. I, it's, it was so fast, but I, I know that there are, are some tips on ways to fall. So so I agree with you 100%. In, in terms of... Uh, Falling, uh, preventing is is the the best thing because in the moment it happens so fast that uh, it, it's really hard to think about well what should I do next. But if we do have that moment, there are times where where we slip and we're losing our balance a little bit, and and it happens in slow motion where you can can think about it. If that's the case, uh, like Teddy said, we want to protect your head. I mean that that's important. Um, and so if we can tuck our chin a little bit. If we can crouch and lower that center of gravity, um, short, shorten that fall distance a little bit. Uh, uh, we, protect your head because you don't want a concussion. You don't want a concussion, uh, like like Teddy said. The 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 nose, teeth, um, thing things there are are one breakable, but but also important uh, in terms of quality of life things. So, um, uh, yeah. So if I feel myself falling, I am going down. Um, turn your head to the side. Uh, really tuck your chin to the to, towards your chest, uh, mm-hmm. and then as in, instead of turning your head to the side, really think about turning your whole body to the side. So as you mm. as you fall, start to crouch your knees, uh, and then try to land not so much on your hands because the the wrists and hands are very breakable, which you yeah. can maybe mm-hmm. maybe speak to, um, but but landing more on your side or or on your buttocks, uh, a softer area. 
um, is, is going to be important. And then as you go down, if you do have that ability to control, if you're if you're seeing I'm, I'm next to the driveway and, and I could fall on the driveway side or the grass side or there's a snowbank or something, then we can talk about aiming a little bit. Um, but, but so aim for like high, like piles of snow or grassy areas. So, softer areas right. as best we can. If we can hit those softer areas with our softer parts, uh, we're we're more likely to you know come out of that un, unharmed. And I've also heard to, to try. You should try to relax your whole body. How I don't know how this is possible, but what does that mean? Because we we, we tense up yeah. like oh no, mm-hmm. like I can't afford to fall. You're, you're exactly right. Uh, that that will help uh, if you if you can be relaxed going into that fall. It's one of those things that's really hard to to do for for people, um, but but yeah, if you're if you're tensed up, you're more likely to suffer strains and, and muscular pain after after that fall related to that. And again, don't like stretch your arms and wrist out to break the fall because Re- you're just going to break those bones. Really tempting mm-hmm. to, to catch yourself on those arms, but but you're more likely to break the the arm or the elbow, or the, you know, the hand, the elbow, or the shoulder in that case. And Marsha, who called in, was talking about the way that she walks. She distributes her weight, keeping her her arms tucked in and kind of her knees bent a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Does that so, sound right? Absolutely. So uh, Teddy talked about that penguin uh, waddle. That, that's that's what we uh, encourage as well. You increase your double limb support there, so you increase your balance with with two feet on the ground by doing that. Um, and then, like like Teddy said, that's really important to keep the hands out of the pockets, which is really tempting when it's cold and and kind of bundle right. up a little bit. Uh, but it gives you a little bit of that windmill uh, if you are starting to fall to to catch yourself a little bit if if those hands aren't aren't stuck. All right. Uh, we're getting lots of phone calls and we're going to take a news break. But I do want to take one more call uh, with advice and questions people are calling in with uh, from Bemidji before we go to news. Uh, this is Greg and Beth calling in from Bemidji. Good morning. What do you want to tell us about uh, icy yes. winters? What I'd like to tell you is make sure you dress appropriately for the weather. My son went out to get the mail and he had his L.L. Bean jacket on. And he slipped and fell on the ice, hit his head, was knocked out, and my wife was concerned, and she was at work, called, and didn't get an answer. She rushed home and found that he was on the deck and called the ambulance. He had a temperature in the the 80s. They had to cut the jacket off and heat them all up, and he stayed overnight. And thing is, even if you're getting the mail, dress appropriately for the weather because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And by the way, LL Bean replaced the jacket. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh and, and so he recovered uh, from yes, his injury. He did, but All it was right. a very close call. Right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a little while longer out there, and he would have been way too cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, Greg, thank you for sharing that story. And I'm so glad that your son uh, recovered. His son felt uh, getting the mail. A great point he mentioned, like if if you're just doing a little quick thing, uh, put on your coat, dress appropriately and have the right footwear as, as well. Teddy? Absolutely. In my time oh. as a nurse, I've cared for people who have had a very similar experience, have just gone out to do one errand, have mail. fallen, mm-hmm. hit their head, or because they're older and have not had a good physical therapist like Matt, can't get up. And so a couple things that this whole discussion raises is be mindful of your neighbors that are vulnerable. Watch them during the wintertime, and if you haven't seen them around, just check in on them and make sure that they're okay. Also, people need to recognize that alcohol is not a good friend with ice. Um, People can fall and they can hit their heads or they can make bad judgments. They can run outside and not have coats on and fall. Mm -hmm. And so 
So falling and not being able to get up um, could come from because the conditions are icy, because you're injured, or just because you don't, you know, have the same abilities to, to get up in the way that you used to. That's that's dangerous. That's right. And so, again, the awareness. Yes. Right. Um, and have you dealt with folks, Matt, too, who fell and couldn't get up? Cer- certainly. Uh, that's a that's a very, uh, very common problem, especially as we get older. And, and a big thing to remember, if you if you come across somebody that's fallen or you've fallen yourself, is that even if you're the one that's fallen or, or again, you come across somebody, uh, the person on the ground is, is the person in charge. Uh, and, and that's really important as, as you get back up or as you're mm-hmm. directing people to get back up, uh, really direct your own care that way. All right. Uh, we have a listener calling in from Madison, Wisconsin. Anna's on the phone. Good morning, Anna. Uh, good morning. Um, and uh, I, the, uh, I think the conversation certainly has focused on a lot of short-term solutions, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, how to fall better. I think that's really good advice. But I wanted to mention um, the town of Holland, Michigan, which Holland, Michigan is the home to the largest municipal snowmelt system in North America. And I visited Holland a few years ago, and I was just really struck by um, here. These are sidewalks that have um, kind of coils underneath to melt the snow. And the history of that um, effort, I think, is just really interesting. Um, It started in 1988. And it just it was a it's a really interesting and kind of um, out of the box thinking in terms of kind of you know civic responsibility and sort of the civic responsibility of this community to kind of put their heads together with business owners to um, and basically the way it works is there's a system of underground piping that circulates warm mm-hmm. water to keep snow and ice at bay during winter months and this is a a, 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 a solution that kind of was originally used in Europe. And um, I just I, I think it's an interesting idea to think about kind of longer term solutions, particularly if climate change is really, you know, obviously it's here to stay. And to and if we are going to be dealing with these icier winters, you know, what you know solutions can maybe the city of Minneapolis or the city of Duluth, you know, where these cities have this perpetual snowfall, but these cities also have a reputation for not being the best at, you know, city mm-hmm. services of removing that snow. And so um, obviously something like this costs money, right? But, you know, if if there was support for it from, you know, from business owners, from, um, you know, you know, and, and, and again, thinking about kind of interesting ways to fund this, I think it mm-hmm. could be a really uh, I, I and I and I'm a light, I was born in Minnesota. I was born up near Bemidji, so mm-hmm. I have a lot of history with snow. Um, but I, you, I have always kind of wondered why that why that's not pursued by thank, cities. Thank you, Anna. So uh, she brings up a, a great uh, a great topic: um, the role of, of city governments and and snow removal and ice removal. Uh, I know some cities are thinking differently about clearing snow and ice to make it easier and safer for people to walk. Uh, the city of Minneapolis uh, is looking at what it would mean for city crews to take over uh, responsibility for plowing sidewalks. Uh, but again, there's there's a money component to this. Uh, it costs money to do these things, and you know property owners right now, you know, we're responsible for clearing uh, snow uh, up up to the public to report uncleared uh, snow and sidewalks. But, you know, it doesn't always work. Um, So what are your thoughts, each of you, uh, Teddy, about uh, the role that city governments play in snow removal and ice removal and clearing sidewalks? 
Well, I've had the opportunity to go to Iceland numerous times, and they oh. send a volcano heated water down under their streets, so okay. they don't have to worry about about clear, clearing their snow. But it's a renewable energy, and so I'm concerned about some uh, any plans we have that contribute to our climate change issues related to energy. So whose responsibility is it? I think it's all of ours to draw down our carbon uh, footprint, absolutely. As far as governments go, um, I think Anna brings up a really good point of let's be long-range thinking. Let's think Mm -hmm. about what our climate is going to be like 10, 20, 30, 50 years from now. And plan now. Get things in place now to protect our people and help our people adapt. Are there uh, opportunities that you see, Matt, that that cities or, I don't know, community groups could do uh, in terms of making it it safer to walk on sidewalks? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I'll I'll leave some of the the policy things up to Teddy. (laughs) She probably knows that better. But but I can tell you that that most falls, uh, the the study uh, that that I read was was on delivery drivers, uh, happen in the morning. Uh, And and in the morning, uh, 7 to 10 a.m., you know, most of the time that, that means people haven't got up and, and shoveled and, and things right. like that. And, and uh, often those falls occur on steps as well. And so especially if we can... Oh, we, we can talk on, about steps. Sure. So yeah. we can pick out some of those higher risk areas and higher risk times, uh, maybe focus on that a little bit too, uh, as you know, being good neighbors, or if we're expecting a delivery package or, or uh, you know, looking out for our, ourselves that way, uh, you know, that that's something to, to be considered too. The mail delivery, the package delivery folks, uh, they are dealing with this constantly. Absolutely. And so I have a written uh, statement here I want to share. Uh, Carol from Minneapolis wrote this. Carol writes, I can count on falling at least three times of the a year because people aren't taking care of their sidewalks. I am 65 years old in good health and take precautions, but you don't know what's underneath the snow. People need to shovel. And so let's talk about being neighborly. Uh, we know um, particularly in the mornings, we know who is going to be up and shoveling and who's not able to be or who's not there. Uh, so what are our responsibilities in terms of, you know, our own individual responsibilities, but looking out for our neighbors as well? Teddy? Absolutely. I think we need to be looking out for our entire block and paying attention to who hasn't shoveled, who might be out of town, and making sure that there are straight paths for all the people that come into our neighborhood. I also think it's deceptive to think, oh, it's just looking out, oh, it did it rain or not rain, because that frost is what's going on in the morning, the frost that's occurred. So a sidewalk can look perfectly clear, and it is a layer, little layer of frost on there. And if you get a tiny little skiff of snow on top of that, you do not see what's coming. All right, let's take uh, another phone call from a listener uh, in St. Louis Park. This is Neil on the phone. Hi, Neil. Thank you for waiting and calling in. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. What do you want to um, tell us? So I'm, yeah, I'm uh, on the board of the Art Shanty Projects. And uh, our big concern is that we're not going to have enough uh, thick lake ice to install our village. Okay, uh, um, Neil, and, I'm going to pause you yeah. there. Tell everybody what the Art Shanty uh, <laughs> projects are. What is that? Yeah, we are a artistic uh, organization that builds a uh, like a, a shanty village mm-hmm. on Bidiyama or Lake Harriet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we invite the community to come and enjoy the projects and uh, have some fun in the middle of winter. And it's it's beautiful. It's something to see. It attracts a lot of people. So, um, what is your concern as we think about uh, our winters becoming icier? Well, um, if it's if it's uh, if the ice is you know melting and refreezing, we might not get the kind of quality of lake ice mm-hmm. that we need mm-hmm. in order to install our our village. Right. And so, we're really hoping for a big cold snap to uh, uh, get 
a, you know, preferably a foot of lake ice. Right. Um, but, and yeah. I think about, um, you know, the warming is concerning. I think about um, the tradition uh, of ice fishing and how popular that is here mm-hmm. and, and when the ice is safe to walk on and drive on. And so are, is that a discussion that you hear a lot? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of different recreational activities out on the lake that are all affected, you know, from the from the kite festival to ice fishing and mm-hmm. even more. And have you noticed a change over the years, over the decades, Neil? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, last year we actually had to install on the beach uh, because we did oh. not have thick enough lake ice to uh, install on the lake. Right. Uh, right. So it, it has affected our planning, and uh, now we have to essentially have two plans in order to uh, uh, right. successfully put out the event. Right, that's becoming more common. Thank you, uh, Neil, there in St. Louis Park. Uh, looking forward to the uh, art shanty uh, projects that are coming this winter. Uh, Teddy, I recall doing a, a show about uh, our winters and, and the climate crisis, and uh, a lot of people called and expressed grief and sorrow about our changing winters, what they used to do as, as children in terms of cross-country skiing, in terms of ice fishing, that they're not able to do now because the weather has become more unpredictable. Do you hear that as well? Oh, absolutely, and also experience it. My aunt will tell me that my dad used to be, um, used to on Thanksgiving Day, be run down and uh, cut a hole in the ice on Minnehaha Creek, and the si- the depth of the ice would determine if grandpa would let him go skating. Now that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Now it's around January or February before we even dare to think that the ice is is thick enough. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important. Some of us are not snowbirds. We love Minnesota. We love the crystal clear air. We love the beauty of the night. We love to watch a cardinal on a, a red cardinal on a green branch. And there is a real sense of loss of our winters. Our winters are changing, and we even have a name for that that's called solastalgia. It's the loss of when a place that you love is changing, and it's not eco-anxiety. It's eco-grief. Can you say the word again? What is it called? Solastalgia. And it means what? It's loss of a place that you love because the environment has been disrupted or changing. Mm. Uh, does that sound familiar to you? Just, uh, Matt, the, the, the mental health component of this, this loss of what used to be. A- absolutely. I have. I was speaking with a patient yesterday who was, who was uh, kind of bemoaning the, the lack of snow. They're, they're a cross-country skier. Um, mm. And mm-hmm. there, there are a few places around the cities that are making snow and, and have, have paths available, but uh, it's very limited uh, in terms of, of their options right now. Let's take another phone call from a listener as we talk about our warming uh, uh, winters here in Minnesota. Uh, Liz in St. Paul is on the phone. Good morning, Liz. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having this timely topic. Um, A few years ago, I was attending a seminar through uh, Roseville Community Education, and the medical experts were asking how many people use Nordic walking sticks. And only about five out of 50 of us raised our hands, and they said that that was one of the best forms of exercise, not only for balance or for strength exercises, but for, you know, balance and for avoiding falls on the ice. And it's they're great 
uh, devices. Um, you can um, take off the rubber tips at the bottom of the sticks during the winter. And I used to work in downtown St. Paul, and I had about a four-block walk to the bus stop, and that saved me many times um, from falling. And so mm. I highly recommend Nordic walking sticks and get them at a uh, certified sporting goods store because they can measure you for your height. And um, I see more people using them, and uh, so I just wanted to spread the Oh, Liz, I'm so glad you called. I have seen people uh, using walking uh, sticks uh, in in city areas, in urban areas. And uh, again, you can find them easily now, you said, like in sporting goods stores? Yes. um, I'd say, well, Hoy Guards, REI, Joe Sporting, um, anywhere that um, they could measure you for your height. And that's what they did when uh, I went to Marion Park Community Center. Uh, They had a representative from Hoy Guards, and they measured us. And um, so any of the, you know, good sporting goods stores here in the Twin Cities, you know, I would treat yourself to a good holiday gift and buy buy some Nordic walking sticks. <laughs> oh, the Christmas is, is going to be very exciting uh, this year for a lot of families, the, the gift ideas that we're getting. Thank you, Liz. Uh, and so what do you what do you see or say about uh canes or poles or walking sticks, Matt, to, to help us not fall. Yeah, absolutely. The, the extra uh, base of support is is huge for not falling. And, and the big thing with walking sticks, especially, is, is um, the look or the stigma that goes with some of those sometimes. Some some people are, are self-conscious to use a cane or, or use a um, uh, you know, quote unquote older looking device, but, but trekking poles look more hip. Uh, and so, so they're a lot more readily, uh, or more willing to, to try those out. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I've and they, seen they groups of people walking yeah. with poles. So maybe this is something too, that people are now doing in groups for Ab- exercise. Absolutely. So, so you'll see a lot of walking clubs and, and yeah. once one person does it and loves it, it'll, it'll just kind of spread throughout the group. And, and it's a great, uh, great way to get cardiovascular exercise and again, do it safely. Yeah, wintertime is not the time to be cute here. No, <laughs> no right? just don't do it with an unruly dog. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's a little too much. Uh, okay, let's take a look, another phone call in St. Pa- St. Paul. Larry is on the line. Good morning, Larry. What do you want to tell us about uh, moving around in these icy conditions? Well, I'm a 68-year-old runner. I've been running since high school competitively, and uh, mm-hmm. I run in the winter all year round uh, and all year round. But what I do is I find grassy areas to run, uh, like boulevards and parks. And uh, even if there's a foot of snow, the, the footing is way better than any kind of icy sidewalk. And then you just need to lean a little bit forward so that you're running on your toes so that your balance is really over your feet. Where people fall the most, I think, is when their feet slide out in front of them. And so mm-hmm. even walking, I think if you can be postured a little bit um, facing forward, uh, you have much better balance. Hmm. All right. That's Larry uh, in St. Paul. Matt, I have in my notes here that you're also a researcher. So tell me about uh, this treadmill that you have set up to research fall prevention. What's going on? And and I have to give the caveat that I'm not the primary researcher. My, my colleagues at, at St. Olafar, but but we have mm-hmm. a really cool treadmill that, that does, um, it, it's called a perturbation treadmill. And, and so you're harnessed in so you can't actually fall. Um, but, but the treadmill will, will kind of jerk underneath you, uh, and it'll go, it'll kind of shoot forward or shoot backward to, to, you know, simulate a trip or a slip. Um, and, and so we can use that to, to kind of assess baseline and, and look at fall risk. How, how well can you catch yourself to those perturbations? Uh, and then we can also use it for, for training, um, 
to hopefully prevent some falls. And so we're, we're uh, my, my colleagues uh, at St. Olaf, at, at St. Olaf. Yeah. Jenny, Jenny Holbein is the, is the lead investigator there. Thank you, uh, Jenny. Absolutely. And, and the, the students uh, working on our team are fan- fantastic. So um, they're, they're looking at, at how we can uh, train and, and prevent some of those slips from, from a neuromotor component, uh, how well that, that brain and, and balance uh, system can, can work. Uh, and then, you know, certainly the strength that goes into that as well. And for, for people who are, uh, are mobile and healthy. What role does exercise and strength training play in preventing falls? Yeah, uh, huge, right? And and so the stronger we are, the the better we are uh, able to catch ourselves, and the less likely we are to to get hurt. Uh, very very quickly, one one of the things that that more uh, puts you at a much higher risk for for injury with falls uh, is osteoporosis. And so if we're doing some form of weight bearing exercise, uh, that really is good for our bone health. And so if we do happen to sustain a fall, um, we're we're less likely to suffer a fracture re- related to that. And we're less likely to, to have the fall in the first place if, if we're strong enough to be able to catch ourselves. You just said some of my favorite words, bone health. Mm. Love talking about bone health. And so, thing, yeah. so so what should I be doing in the gym, Matt, to, to really help myself be as prepared as possible for a possible fall? Yeah. Uh, weight-bearing exercise is huge for bone health. So, so Lifting weights? Lifting oh, weights is good. Re- resistance training. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and heavier loads are, are good for that. Um, and, and so that, that's certainly one, one area. An, another way that we could look at that is getting out of, of the cardinal planes a little bit. So if we, if we do some, some practice stepping or lunging maybe to the side with some of that resistance, uh, you know, in a, in a pattern that we're going to use to, to maybe catch ourselves if, if we do slip or trip, uh, cause we very rarely, um, just need to take that step straight forward. It's, it's usually straightforward and diagonally or back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we can practice some of those things as well. All right. I like this. I feel very empowered right now, Teddy. I, I'm ready for this winter. And, and you study uh, also things, ways that uh, our health is, is linked to climate change. Absolutely. What do you want? What are you looking at? I'm looking at people being mindful. And you might say, what does that have to be do about cl- climate? It's about being aware of our environment. When I have fallen, it's because I have not been mindful. I've been busy looking at my phone. I'm walking down the street doing several things at the same time. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about what's going on. And I'm not paying attention to my environment. So really being aware of the weather, being aware of the water, the, the air, the temperature, all of that is very, very important and is good for our mental health too. Break away from some of the clutter in our brains and be mindful in the moment and totally focused on where you are and present at this given time. Because we need to be outdoors. It Absolutely. is healing. Right? Yes. And we can't let the, the winter get the best of us. Right. That's right. All right. Well, I'm glad uh, to hear that uh, there are people like you who are spreading uh, uh, good information about how to prevent falls and uh, to be aware that things are different and that uh, we need to be aware of it. But there are many things we can do, many solutions out there. Uh, I want to thank both of our guests uh, for their time today. We've been talking uh, once again with Matt Neuger, who is a visiting assistant professor of kinesiology there at St. Olaf College in Northfield. Matt is also a practicing physical therapist at TRIA Physical Therapy in the Twin Cities. And Teddy Potter has been with us, a clinical professor and director of planetary health in the University of Minnesota School of Nursing and a leader in the climate change and health curriculum. The conversation today was produced by Maya Beckstrom and Matt Alvarez. Be safe, everybody. Be aware of what's under your feet. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.
Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.